never found it. Try to sell it, never sell out of it. I probably only sell one. If it's in my brother, Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can always join me here every Monday, live and local, until 3 p.m. Take an extended lunch break, grab a beer, and check out the show. It's Monday. You deserve it. And happy hour got even happier here at Cap Ale. Monday through Friday, from 3 to 6.30, you get $2 off draft beers, $3 off wine, $3 off liquor drinks, and $3 off appetizers, including the Bavarian pretzel, Belgian-style fries, loaded fries, fried pickles, or five-piece wings at any of the Cap Ale locations here in Richmond, downtown Midlothian, or with me here in Innsbruck. So, look, I've gotten over that commander's loss on Thursday night to the Bears. I, I told you guys, the moment that I would be over that was when I saw Dallas stink it up on Sunday Night Football, and that's exactly what they did. They looked terrible. You know, and it makes our defeat look a lot worse now when you have Dak Prescott throwing interception after interception. The defense couldn't even come close to stopping the San Francisco 49ers. I hate Dallas. Dallas I hate. And when they lose, it makes me smile. So we'll go through the NFL every Monday. We do NFL hits, give you guys the winners and losers of the week. I'm going to bring back all-out blitz today. We didn't get to it last week. Who are the best pass rushers in the NFL, the sack leaders, throughout the first five weeks of the NFL season. Benjamin Brown will join us at 2 p.m. to preview Monday Night Football, and then Kyle Roenick to talk a little Commanders at 2.30. But you guys know how I like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet, definitely not the sports phone. It's time for the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, Are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G. All right, let's start in college football as the local team here, UVA, defeated William & Mary. Good win for UVA, their first win of the season. Virginia Tech battles. All right, I watched that game at River City Roll against Florida State. Battled hard. I was impressed with them making it a a one-score game there in the third quarter uh, with Tootin's long touchdown return. Uh, on the opening kickoff of the second half. And so I think you got to feel good if you're a Hokies fan about that loss to Florida State. You battled with one, not one of the best teams in the ACC, but really one of the best teams in the nation. As the big story in college football over the weekend was what the hell is Mario Cristobal thinking? The Miami Hurricanes just had to kneel the ball. The clock would have ran out. You know what they decided was to run a running play. And this, this is something that he's done for years now. For some reason, Cristobal does not like victory formation. I was under the assumption that all head coaches love victory formation. Because you know what it means? It guarantees a victory. You can't lose when you get in victory formation. You know when you can lose? By running a play. Let's take a listen to the call as Miami fumbles instead of kneeling for the win. No, no. Yeah, it's it's under, under 46. Just yeah, take you're a good. knee. Like, yeah. You should not be handing this football off. Right. I don't know what Miami is doing. That's it. Here's Cheney, the straight ahead, tackled, and the ball popped out. You gotta, you gotta read the clock. I mean, read the card. I mean, to and me, Georgia Tech has it with 26 seconds left. And then Georgia Tech would score on the final play of the game, a walk-off victory there for Georgia Tech. And I, I think Mario Cristobal is not going to be able to recover from this. He should be fired. It was a fireable offense. It, it was not the first time he's made this mistake here 
it, it was just stupid. And you have a chance to win that game. You should easily defeat Georgia Tech. You're the Hurricanes, right? Oh, Miami, the U is back this year. The U is never back. They're always frauds. It's not 1999 anymore. Uh, you know, they don't have Santana Moss and Clinton Portis on their roster. It's just a bunch of guys, just a bunch of guys and a uh, head coach that doesn't know that he can kneel the ball and win the game. Stupid decision there. Uh, another great college football game over the weekend was Oklahoma against Texas. Everyone was wondering, is Texas back? Well, the Sooners had something to say for that. There's the final call as Oklahoma defeats Texas 34-30. to All the OU defenders, a lot of them, six of them, standing on the goal line waiting for the throw. Ewers hoping for time to launch. They come after him, does step forward, hit as he throws, a high ball near the goal line, broke it up, batted down. Oklahoma wins it. It was certainly an exciting game between two undefeated teams facing off. Other top 25 matchups here. Georgia over Kentucky, 51-13. to uh, Notre Dame loses to number 25, Louisville, 33-20. to I thought Notre Dame was going to easily roll the victory in that game. Louisville now undefeated as they continue through ACC play. Number 13, Washington State uses, loses to UCLA, 25-17. to Number 23, LSU. Defeats number 21, Missouri, in a thriller, 49-39. to And number 9, USC, nearly lost to Arizona. It took three overtimes. And here's the call as Caleb Williams, last year's Heisman Trophy winner, converts a two-point conversion to give USC the lead. And eventually they win in three overtimes. Caleb will want to run it in if he can, but he dives, and I think he got in. Yep, he did. He stuck the ball in. Just as he went over, the referees call it a touchdown. I'll tell you, the call was not as impressive as I thought uh, the play was. As Caleb Williams rolls out to his right, has one-on-one with a defender about six yards from the end zone, is able to kind of get the defender to lean inside. He goes around the outside and scoots into the end zone for the two-point conversion and the win. The new AP Top 25 looks like this. USC now to number 10 after almost losing that game. Texas at 9. Oregon at 8, Washington 7, Penn State at 6, Oklahoma 5, Florida State 4, Ohio State 3, Michigan 2, and Georgia. The Bulldogs still the top dogs in college football. Let's move over to the MLB. So here's the divisional series schedule as of today. 6 p.m. You will have the Philadelphia Phillies against the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta with Philly leading that series one to nothing. And you're seeing a, a theme here as the teams that came in hot after winning the wild card are, are pretty much knocking off all of the home favorites right now. 9 p.m. You'll have the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers in game two as Arizona leads one to nothing. I was watching that game one between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, and I couldn't believe what I was watching, but maybe I should have because every year it's the same thing with Kate Clayton Kershaw. He's so great in the regular season and then just chokes in the playoffs. It's not October baseball without Kershaw getting smoked in a start as the Dodgers were a dumpster fire. 11-2 uh, was the final score. Kershaw gave up five runs before even getting one out in the first inning. It felt like every guy that got to the plate was hitting a double or a triple or a home run. A disastrous performance there by Clayton Kershaw. Can the Dodgers bounce back tonight? The Orioles are down two games to nothing in their series against the Rangers. Game three will be 
tomorrow night. Let's move over to the NFL. So we will recap all of the NFL action on NFL hits, but Sunday night football, the 49ers defeat the Cowboys 42-10 to as George Kittle was incredible. The play calling from Kyle Shanahan was very impressive. Kittle catches this 38-yard touchdown pass from Brock Purdy in the second quarter. Let's roll the clip. There's George Kittle going in motion right, and he also bumps CeeDee Lamb on that shallow cross. Here's an end around and a flea flicker back to Brock Purdy. Takes a shot down the sideline to George Kittle. Kittle all the way to the end zone. Touchdown! San Francisco! The NFL is a copycat league, and that play right there was a mirror image of the flea flicker. The Detroit Lions ran with Laporta, the tight end, scoring on a pass from Jared Goff. Christian McCaffrey with an incredible record here. He keeps his touchdown streak alive now. 14 straight games with a touchdown. Here's the call on KNBR. Christian McCaffrey, 14th straight game with a touchdown run. So Dallas loses to the 49ers, not the uh, result that they expected here, losing that one. Let's take a listen to Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, talking about the loss to the 49ers. Well, I think it's a it's a punch in the gut, it's a kick in the ass, whatever, whatever phrase you want to put on it. But, you know, I think it's clearly, but you you look at how this season's gone. Um, you know, we, we've been knocked down. I mean, clearly, they they. They beat us in all three phases. So, um, and, you know, I think we, we will clearly acknowledge it. And I'm not a burn to take guy. I, I think that's a crock. Um, we're not going to do that. We're going to go through it, make sure we're clear on, on exactly, you know, what the expectation are, make sure we're giving, giving our players what they need to be successful. So, um, they, they, they played extremely well, and, and we did not. And, and, you know, it was really in the areas of basics, really in the areas that I thought we had, we had taken a step as a team. So, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't see this coming. Sub, so that was Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. Let's hear from Dak Prescott, clip number six. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups and they beat us in every aspect. Yeah, they did, and it made me feel good. And with that, I can officially move on from the Thursday night fright is what they're calling it, the Thursday night fright, the commander's 20-point loss to the winless Chicago Bears. Our next opponent, the Atlanta Falcons, had a walk-off kick to defeat the Texans 21-19. to So we'll break down that game later on on the show today. You're listening to AWOD Radio live from Capitola House here in Innsbruck. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders and VCU Basketball, which is right around the corner. Black and gold game at the Siegel Center October 14th. I heard Michael Phillips talking about the hype video they put out featuring Ryan Odom. So I'm really looking forward to that. 
Uh, it's always fun. VCU basketball season. This is going to be an interesting one. I have high expectations, but there are a ton of question marks, including who's going to be the starting five this year. We all want to know as all of the starting five that won the Atlantic 10 championship last season moved on in a crazy and wild off season for VCU basketball. Danny Ruye will join the show at 1.30, give his take on the Commanders, and then, of course, on NFL Hits, I'll get you set for Monday Night Football. But we want to bring in Michael Phillips right now for a little crosstalk. What's going on, MP? Yo, feeling good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a black and gold game this weekend. Uh, I mean, we got we got so much local talent. Uh, Fats Billups, uh, you know, it, just up and down the roster. Jason Nelson, super excited to see him come, come back over from the dark side of UR. Um, the, these guys are going to be good. Absolutely. It's going to be a ton of fun, but uh, we've got a little sounder for Crosstalk. Let's roll the tape. If I could just have your attention. It's Crosstalk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on the fan. It's like that one 90s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Crosstalk, but it sounds like Crosstalk. It's Crosstalk on the fan. Oh, Face Off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Crosstalk. All right, Michael, so I wanted to start with something that you brought up on your show briefly. That is the fact that the Patriots might have to move on from Bill Belichick at the end of this season. It was kind of embarrassing watching uh, the Patriots again this uh, Sunday. They've had two stinkers uh, already this season, got destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys. But here's my take. If you have a chance to bring Belichick to D.C., you have to do it. it. That defense is still flying around. Uh, in a perfect scenario, Belichick with Eric Bieniemy would be an awesome coaching combination. Who's your head coach of the two of those? Because I agree, I'm equally intrigued. I think Bieniemy's the head coach, though. Oh, and then Belichick has to like work his way back up from the defensive coordinator position. No, nah, just I, like I, I, I'm, I'm Bill Belichick. I'm, he'll be 72 years old next year, Adam. 72 years old. Look, I just I love football. I'm a football lifer. I don't want to be away from the game. I understand, like you know, that the head coach life isn't for me anymore. Eric Bieniemy, he's going to be the head coach. I'm going to help him out, and uh, I'm going to run the best dang defense in football. And you know what? We're not going to do. We're not going to just stand around while the Chicago Bears score 40 on us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the defense is the biggest issue for the commanders right now. But speaking of head coaches, Michael, what does Ron Rivera get paid to do that he does correctly? What does he do correctly as the head coach? He's he, I, he hired Eric Bieniemy. I'll, I'll give I'll <laughs> give him points for that. Uh, but yep. but you look at the these last couple drafts in particular, Adam. This year's draft speaks for itself. They're they're with Forbes struggling. They're not getting any production from anybody in the draft class right now. Jamin Davis, obviously, uh, he's not going to get his option picked up next year. I mean, I think we all see that. That was a miss of a first-round pick. Um, it's it's bleak out there when you look at, at Ron, the personnel guy. Um, Cody Barton's been fine. That's really about as good as you can say for this year's offseason moves. Yeah, I mean, would it make any sense for Josh Harris and the new ownership group to remove Ron Rivera in the middle of the season. Now, I think that that's probably harsh, but at the same time, if they have the pulse on the fan base, which is what you want a new owner to have, they would understand that everybody is so pissed off at Ron Rivera because he doesn't do anything. You just mentioned the draft picks. They've all bombed. Well, what about pregame speeches? No, his team always starts out slow. Well, what about a halftime speech? He literally told the reporter he said nothing. So what does Ron do correctly? I... Players love playing for Ron, and, and you know, I, I think you, 
you, that's why he won't be removed midseason. I think the other reason is that Josh Harris group has been so diligent in making sure they're not Dan Snyder in any way. Like it definitely feels like Dan Snyder would have fired Ron Rivera on Thursday night, like would have just lost his patience and come down from the booth and done it post game. I think that their desire to show everybody they're not that um, they're already hunting though. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody has the Josh Harris private plane tracker uh, you know, where magic Johnson's whereabouts are. They're hunting already. Cause I mean, it, it's super obvious. Ron's not going to be the coach next year. The question is, a Ron Rivera team almost never goes off the rails, right? They always fight their way back to 7 and 10. They always fight their way back to 8 and 9. Um, you're really looking for those signs of life the next two weeks because you've got the Falcons and the Giants on tap. These are two big weeks in terms of what this season's going to look like. If, if you can even, you know, if you go 0 and 2, you have you have to open up the discussion. If you go one and one, uh, I think you can keep things moving. Uh, two and zero, oh, obviously you're back at five hundred. You're right back on track. It's I, I'm circling this two week stretch as being really big for these guys. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this: if, if Magic Johnson was the sole ownership of this team, I, I think he would have fired Ron Rivera after that Thursday night fright. Does Michael Phillips believe? that this commander's team can bounce back because I'm still down after that loss and I watched Atlanta this weekend and I think it's going to be tough for us to stop their rushing attack, but it just would be so typical Redskins to blow out Atlanta and get the entire fan base to buy back in. And this is the same team that hung with Philly and was, you know, a, a Terry McLaurin stepping on a dude's arm away from beating the Philadelphia Eagles. You can, you can make the case if they hang with the Falcons, if they beat the Falcons, Oh, it was just a Thursday night game. It was a weird aberration. But what you've got to do, Adam, you've got to stop this Falcons offense. The Falcons scored 21 yesterday, and that's basically their high watermark. You had 25 against the Packers in that game where they came back and, and won it late. Uh, they the Two weeks before, Detroit held them to six, and Jacksonville held them to seven. And we can debate if the Commanders are as good as Detroit. We can debate if the Commanders are as good as Jacksonville. But I promise you this, Adam. They have as much defensive talent as both of those teams. They have as much defensive talent as the Houston Texans have, who held them to 21 yesterday, by the way. They... You can't allow a 30 spot. I mean, that that to me would just be a, an indictment on Jack Del Rio, the whole group. Uh, that would be a clean house moment. I don't know if they'll win. I don't know if they'll lose. But I know this is a group that has not scored more than 25 points in a game this season. This is a group that has really struggled offensively. You cannot let them get right. You cannot let them score two touchdowns in the first quarter. It's a really important week from that perspective. Yeah, I will say I like facing Atlanta after a win rather than after yes. a loss. But Desmond Ritter had his best game as a pro, and it's not even close. 329 yards, uh, no turnovers. Also, no sacks. 329 yards passing, uh, one touchdown. They they had a, a, ton, a huge game from B. John Robinson. You know what I'm going to predict right now, Michael Phillips, is – Kyle Pitts is going to have a career night against Washington. Oh, Just watch a, that happen. A struggling tight end against Washington? My goodness, you're way out on the ledge with that prediction, Adam. He's picking the struggling tight end to get right against the commanders. Who who could have possibly seen this coming? Yeah, it just it just feels obvious. It, it, it really does. I love Bijan Robinson, though, man. This kid is so fun to watch play. Um, you know, you saw the touchdown with his crossover move. They, they, that's been getting a lot of run today. What a great draft pick by them. Uh, you know, I... 
I hope they bottle him up. Um, but you look at it, I mean, this is a team that's built to stop the run. He can do so much more than that. Such a versatile player. He's fun. Yeah, the problem is they haven't stopped the run this season. And, and right now, I'm feeling so down after that Bears loss that I don't think we could beat anyone with our defense playing as bad as they are. I have a feeling Bijan Robinson's going to go off. Tyler Algier might get two touchdowns. I'll be listening to your show all week from 10 to noon. You're going to have to talk me into a commander's victory because I'm so down on the boys. Uh, but I agree with you, though. I like playing Atlanta off a win. Them on a three-game losing streak, maybe some quarterback noise. That's the last thing these guys need. These guys need just to you know, rest up over the weekend, get back tomorrow, get back to practice, get ready to handle their business, handle it calmly, handle it efficiently, and show that this is actually the defense that's the sum of its parts and not a group that has a lot of good players and stinks and allows 40 to the Chicago Bears. Michael, always appreciate you stopping by for a little crosstalk. And shout out to George who's listening in. He couldn't believe that we'd never, that I'd never had escargot or I'd never heard of it and you'd never had it before. I'd like to be clear, I'd never had it because I'd heard of it. That would, that was the reason <laughs> I'd never had it. Oh, man. Good stuff here on Crosstalk. Michael, thanks so much, man. You bet. I'll be listening. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Take an extended lunch break. It's Monday. Got a case of the Mondays here. You deserve an extended lunch break and a beer as we recap the college football action from over the weekend right now here on University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, rivalries, rankings, all the college football in the state of Virginia. We'll follow the action all season long. College football, baby! University Drive on AWOD Radio. All right, let's start uh, with the Monarchs of ODU. After they defeated Southern Miss 17-13 over the weekend, got blitzed right out of the gate there, down 10-0 at the end of the first quarter. But Grant Wilson, 8 of 18, 195 y- 194 yards. Kadarius Colloway, 12 carries for 93 yards as ODU comes back to win 17-13 and go to 3-3 three three on the season. Continuing here in the Sun Belt with the James Madison Dukes, JMU stays undefeated. 5-0 and now on the season after defeating Southern Alabama 31-23. Jordan McLeod just does enough to get the win. 12-22, 241 yards, one turnover, but also three touchdowns. But the thing that he did best over the weekend was rushing the ball. 10 carries for 61 yards as JMU moves to 5-0 and with the 23 23- to 31 victory over to the Hokies here as we go around the ACC and they lose to Florida State 39 to 17 but I opened the show by saying I was proud of Virginia Tech because Florida State's one of the best teams in the country they put up 22 points in the first quarter then the Hokies got going 10 points and it's 22 to 10 at a half they score a touchdown on the opening kickoff of the second half and cut this to a one possession lead 
at 22 to 17. And I'm watching with some Hokies fans at River City Roll, and I'm like, you guys have got to feel good about that. The final score got away from them, 39 to 17. A couple missed opportunities there, a missed conversion on fourth down, and the Hokies fall to two and four on the season. Uh, but not the blowout loss that the final score looks like, in my opinion. I thought the Hokies really played well, and they're going to have some positive momentum now going into next week after they're coming off of a great win against Pittsburgh. You show a decent performance against Florida State. You have to be able to beat Wake Forest at home this Saturday. We move over to UVA right now and joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline covering UVA for the Daily Progress. It is Greg Medea. What's going on, Greg? Oh, not not much, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good here. So, uh, tell me this: What is the latest with Anthony Calandria and the decision that UV has to make with the young quarterback? Yeah. So, for first things first, Tony Musket's back, right? He's healthy. He's played well the last two weeks uh, since returning from that shoulder injury that cost him a couple of games there after three games after the season opener was hurt in the fourth quarter against Tennessee. Uh, so, so he's back. He's their top quarterback, and and. And he's played, like I said, he's played well. Uh, five touchdowns, two interceptions over the last uh, over the last two games. The loss at Boston College, and then this past Saturday, the win over William and Mary. Uh, so that leaves Calandria, uh, who's who's played in four games as a, as a freshman. Uh, that leaves him the opportunity uh, to redshirt, assuming Virginia doesn't need him uh, in in a long term situation to be the quarterback. Uh, so Tony Elliott, the Virginia head coach. Uh, said Saturday after the game that you know their their plan is to to keep Calandria on the sideline if they can uh, in order to preserve that that extra year of eligibility. So uh, that's the plan with Calandria. Now if something happens to Musket and, and Musket's playing through a little bit of the shoulder injury still. If something happens to Musket and they need uh, to go to Calandria, they will. But if they don't have to, they'd be they'd be thrilled and 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 keep Calandria for, for an additional season. So that's the plan with the young quarterback who, who showed some promise, might be their quarterback of the future uh, in those games against James Madison, Maryland, and NC State. Yeah, and that's why I, I want to make it clear. My opinion is that that is not a smart move. We're in the era of the transfer portal. The cat's out of the bag. Everyone around the country knows that Calandria can play. He's going to be offered NIL deals to move away from UVA. It's just the product of the business right now with the transfer portal. So personally, I think it's a bad decision. You're 1-5 this season. I get maybe wanting to hold him out here, uh, but I just don't think redshirting him is the right decision, uh, especially because you have so many great receivers for him to connect with here. Uh, but I also wanted to give a shout-out to Paris Jones, I thought he was terrific in the game against William and Mary. What'd you think of the rushing attack in the game against the Tribe? They they finally got it going a little bit, uh, which which was encouraging. Been a, been a real struggle for them to get the running game going uh, throughout the first half of the year. Really, up until Saturday against William and Mary, they were averaging only seventy five rushing yards uh, per game going into that game against the Tribe. Uh, the lowest rushing total in the ACC, the only ACC team averaging fewer than 100 rushing yards per game. Still, the only ACC team averaging fewer than 100 rushing yards per game. Uh, but it looked okay Saturday. Uh, they made some changes on the offensive line. Jimmy Chris, the Penn State transfer, started for the first time. Uh, he was hurt in training camp, which caused him to start slow. Uh, but but played on Saturday as the starting right tackle. They bumped Uganda Nana, who was kind of playing out of position. Uh, at tackle, inside to guard. He's definitely more of a guard than he is a tackle. Uh, and, and it looked a little bit better. 
uh, I think, on Saturday. Parrish Jones, like you said, uh, really strong day. He, he made some defenders miss in the backfield, too, right? The offensive line was by no means perfect against William & Mary. I thought William & Mary's uh, outside linebacker, defensive end, John Pius, had a, just an outstanding game uh, causing havoc in the backfield. But uh, for, for, for Virginia's running game, Parrish Jones got them right uh, a little bit, made some people miss in the backfield, showed off some speed. He and Kobe Pace both ran well, I thought, on Saturday. All right, so UVA now has uh, an interesting schedule coming up here, right? So they get a full week <laughs> off of rest before facing off against UNC. Uh, when will you hear from Coach Tony Elliott next and maybe get an update on Tony Musket's shoulder? Yeah, so Tony, Tony's good. He, he's playing through the injury, right? He had to come out for a play on Saturday, uh, and then that's when you saw Grady Brosterhouse, uh, the third-string uh, quarterback, come in for a play, right? They weren't going to burn Calandria's red shirt for, for one play. Uh, so that's why you saw Brosterhouse yeah. in there uh, when Musket got hurt briefly. But he, he looked fine, right? Musket came in on the very next play, threw a touchdown uh, to Malik Washington. So he's okay. Uh, it's just a matter of how, you know, how much he can deal with the pain. Elliott won't speak to the media until next week, right? They're, they're off this week. Uh, no, no media responsibilities for Virginia during the off week. Uh, so, so next time uh, we hear from Tony Elliott, it'll be next week and the players too. Uh, but you're right. You know, this 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 game against North Carolina starts a uh, starts a daunting part of the schedule, right? Four of the next five games are against teams uh, right now in the AP top 25. Carolina is the highest ranked of them at number 12. But Louisville, right? You saw what Louisville did this past weekend, uh, winning against Notre Dame on Saturday. They got Louisville in November. Uh, between uh, <laughs> between Louisville, uh, between North Carolina and Louisville, they've got a game at Miami and a home game against Georgia Tech. Uh, those two teams played over the weekend. Miami's still in the top 25, uh, so that, that'll that be tough. And then they finish that stretch with Duke, uh, which is a top 25 team. So uh, rough, rough stretch for, for Virginia coming up, and uh, certainly they'll have to improve in, in a lot of different areas if they want to pull an upset or two uh, during that stretch. From what you've seen so far this season, who do you think should be the favorite when UVA faces off against Virginia Tech November 25th? That's a good question. I do think Virginia Tech, right, they, they've shown a little bit more against against the tougher opponents, been able to finish on the right side of, of some victories. They beat Pitt. I thought they, they played okay, right, against Florida State. I think I heard you say, you know, they, they, they cut it to 22-17 after the kickoff return. Uh, so I, I, I think they're probably a little bit better at this point, but, but who knows, right? I mean, six games is a long time, and who knows what the injury situation is going to be for both teams. I do think Virginia's confident in Musket that, that he can keep the offense moving, keep the offense rolling a little bit. Uh, but for Virginia, they, they've got to do a couple things well if they want to finish this season strong down the stretch. They've got to run the ball like they did Saturday against William and & Mary and, and get up over 100 yards. You can't have any more games where you're, we're running, where you're running for fewer than 100 yards in a game. Uh, you, you've got to you've got to continue to try to stop the run a little bit better. It's been a problem for them all season long. I think they're last in the league uh, for rushing defense. That's got to change, too. Uh, and that'll be key, you know, no matter who they play down the stretch. you got to fix those two areas because if you're not good in those two areas, it's going to be tough to win football games. Follow Greg Medea on social media at Greg Medea. Read his work, dailyprogress.com, UVA beat writer at the Daily Progress. Thanks a lot, Greg. I appreciate it. 
Yep. Thanks, Adam. Yep. I want to let all my listeners know, UVA fans, who's talking as their 500th show tonight? Yeah, unbelievable. Frank Maloney and Jim Hobgood have been on the air for 15 years, and they've got a party today. All right, so they've got David Sloan, Bob Call, Billy McMullen, and Jody Smith, all as guests on the show. Uh, party after Friday's show. Uh, party at Friday's after the show. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I, I love supporting the guys at Who's Talking. Frank Maloney and Jim Hobgood know everything about UVA athletics, so check out Who's Talking and support the show by tuning in right here to 910 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. we got a lot still to get to on the show today. I'm broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. And want to let all the listeners know that happy hour just got happier. Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30 at any of the Cap Ale Richmond locations, downtown Midlothian, or with me here in Innsbruck, you can take advantage of happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30. That's $2 off draft beers, $3 off wine, and $3 off liquor drinks, but also includes $3 off five-piece wings, $3 off loaded fries, and a Bavarian pretzel. Got to take advantage of happy hour here at Cap Ale Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30. Stubb, how are you doing today, man, from the production room there in Richmond, Virginia? Did, did you have a good weekend, man? What was the highlight? Uh, doing great. Uh, wasn't the best did weekend. Did you do anything cool this weekend? Got a little sick, so it was a lot of, a lot of bedtime okay. for me. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I call Uh-oh. it food poisoning. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I think I, I, I seem to be over it now, so. What did what did you eat? Did you go to a certain restaurant? I went to okay. City Diner. All right. Well, but... I'll, I'll tell you, man. I I had. I... Yeah. Okay. I've never tried that place. Um. So I, I wanted to get to the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me since moving back to Richmond. Now, uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I told a story that was similar to this last year. All right. It was pretty embarrassing. I went out with some friends to uh, Slingshot there in Scott's Edition and. You're going to guys know, I always, I always, I always claim that the sidewalks in Scott's Edition are terrible. I mean, they're so so annoying. Uh, They're not paved at all. There's tree branches all over the place. It's so easy to fall. And it's unbelievable how easy it is to fall on the sidewalks. And so walking home uh, last year, around this time, actually, um, I went to talk and holler at some chicks on the other side of the road. And was walking with them and completely face-planted, all right? Fell on my face, cut up my wrist and my hand. It was embarrassing. I'm bleeding all over the place. Somehow I've still got the girl's number, right? I don't know. She, I guess she felt pity for me. Uh, similar thing happened over the weekend, all right? So Friday after the show, I'm playing a ton of pickleball now. Like, I, I'm legit. I, people think I'm crazy. I'm legit trying to go pro in pickleball. I don't play unless I'm playing to win. I'm supposed to play in my first tournament at the end of this month, the Pickle Boo here in Richmond. So Friday after the show, went with one of my friends. We're playing singles, all right? Then we played doubles, and I'm smacking the heck out of the ball. I'm feeling so good with my forehand, with my backhand. I'm rushing to the net. I'm crushing the ball. Maybe the best pickleball I've ever played in my life. My body felt good. Remember, 
I popped my ankle uh, a month ago. That's now recovered. I had the shoulder whiffable injury. Now I'm recovered from that. So I'm feeling good. I stretched. I'm playing some of the best tennis, uh, some of the best pickleball I've ever played. All right. So my play wasn't enough. All right. I was playing so good. That wasn't enough. I decided. I'm playing so good, I gotta talk the talk. So I'm smart, smack talking everyone. You know, we're joking around. We're all friends out there on the court. I'm saying, you guys can't return my forehand. I'm hitting the line every time. I'm talking smack, but I'm backing it up. And I was the best player on the court. I was the best player on the court uh, down there at Bryan Park. All right, there's four courts there. We're all playing. I'm smacking the crap out of the ball. I'm talking smack. I was the best guy on the court. After we play, all right, I get on my scooter. And I and all right, and I bird scooter there, and I like to bird scooter home. It reminds me of when I was a kid. So I get on the bird scooter, and the guys are waving to me goodbye. Oh, Adam, you played so good today. And as soon as I get on the bird, I go down the pathway, and it turns from pathway to grass, and my wheel slides, and the wheel slips out from under the bird, and I know I'm going down. And it was at that moment when I said, I've got to jump off the bird. Because if I hold on, I might seriously break something. So I, like I'm, like I'm freaking Tony Hawk, jump off the bird while it's going like 15 miles an hour and slide all over my right side of my body. Stubb, I wish you were here at Capitol Ale House could you, so you could see. I'm cut on two parts of my wrist, one part of my elbow. My entire right thigh is bruised. I look like a skateboarder that has just been through it here because I was talking smack on my bird scooter and the wheel slipped from underneath of me. It was so embarrassing because I was playing so well that was like everyone was watching me. They were like, oh, we can't wait for this guy to leave so we can actually play some competitive pickleball. They were all watching me as I fell, and then they all stopped. Two of them came running over to check on me, and I got up so quickly and hopped back on that bird. I said, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and I rode off. I got two texts later that day, one of them from my buddy. Hey, man, I just wanted to check to make sure that you didn't hit your head. That looked like a nasty fall. I want to make sure that you didn't get a concussion. I said, I didn't come close to hitting my head, but my right side of my leg is all scraped up. Thanks for asking. Another guy reached out to me. Hey, man, you played a really good pickleball today, uh, but are you okay after that bird scooter incident? It looked really bad. I mean, my goodness, I think I'm good at riding a bird scooter, but the problem was is the birds around town, they're all garbage. I'm blaming Bird, all right? I'm blaming the company Bird for this because some if you've ever ridden the scooters around town, some of them, other people have fallen and then gotten back up, and because of that, the wheels are twisted, all right? I think my tire pressure was a little low, and as soon as I hit the grass, that wheel went flying, and my, my, my Bird scooter went from straight up and down to parallel to the ground, and I had no nothing to do but to jump off like I'm Tony Hawk and just let my body slide on the ground, on the concrete. It was embarrassing. I, I was bloody getting home that night. I had to get in the shower. I was I had to go out and find Neosporin. I don't buy Neosporin. I knew that I needed it because I was covered in cuts. It was so embarrassing. That was the, the worst part about it. Wasn't that, you know, I fell. It was the fact that everyone was watching after they thought, oh, man, this guy's the next you know, Andre Agassi of pickleball. He's the best. But I don't look like an athlete when I got on the bird scooter and I fell off within a matter of five seconds. I mean, just so embarrassing, Stubb. I'm, so embarrassing. I'm not getting back on oh, the bird boy. after that. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing hurt today.
I, I know, I know. That's the problem that we're dealing with here. I need to buy my own personal scooter because all the birds around town here are terrible. And I'm telling you, after I was riding at home, I had to hold the scooter. I had to hold the wheel a little bit to the right to go straight because that wheel was crooked. All right, and I'm blaming the wheel. I am a better bird scooter rider than I displayed on Friday night. I'm, I'm, I'm walking home that, that day. All right, I, so I'm, I've got to get back on the bird. I'm not I, taking my chances. I, I got back on that bird so quickly. I got back on it so quickly and was I was speeding home. I was speeding home. And I'm I'm riding by people and I look like like I just came back from combat. I mean my I had blood that was falling down my wrist. I had blood that was falling from my elbow and just dripping onto the ground. It was so disgusting and embarrassing and uh I you know, I'm I'm feeling it today. I, I still am. Uh, I had I got some hot tea from my friends here at Capital Ale House. The hot tea hit the cut on my wrist, and I had screamed. I mean, it hurts so much. This thing's going to take forever to blister up, and now I'm dealing with the pain on my right wrist and my elbow, and I'm supposed to play in a pickleball tournament at the end of the month. My goodness, it couldn't get any worse than this. So embarrassing. If you've ever had an embarrassing story that you want to reveal, like I just did, you can call in, 833 You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back.